We're going to school today on today's episode of Locked On Suns. What have we actually learned from the Suns' 13-game winning streak? A little off-day episode of Locked On Suns coming right up. Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, covering the Suns the past five seasons as a credentialed media member. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen every single day. We are free. We are on YouTube. We are on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google, whatever audio platform you're using. And we are here for you again every single day. Follow us on Twitter as well if you do not at Locked On PHX Suns. And you can follow me on Twitter at BrendanClean14. That's the best place to keep up with everything. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, those are the best places to listen and watch everything. And let's go here. Today's show, guys, brought to you by Truebill, the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want or need. And they can even negotiate better deals or those on those that you want to keep. Very, very handy tool. I uh, am super diligent about what I pay for, but it honestly is a big waste of time. So Truebill helps you out. We'll hear more from them in just a second. First, let's get started. Let's get started again. Lessons, three key lessons about from this Suns win streak. 13 games now and going. One more win and they'll tie Charles Barkley's Suns 1992 record and then a couple in 2006. One at the end of the 05-06 season, another at the beginning of the 06-07 season that all um, are within reach. I don't. I feel like I'm looking around for wood. I feel like I have to knock, but um, let's let's start with 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 Chris Paul because that is. I mean, obviously he's the point god. He is the star of this team, the guy that really brought everything together. So of course, makes sense we would start there. He's also somebody who I haven't necessarily spent a whole ton of time on this season. Obviously, with the steals, there was uh, last weekend about a week and a half ago now where he piled up a bunch of steals, was momentarily in the lead. He's still averaging more than two a game. But other than that, I haven't really talked about Chris Paul a ton. So the lesson that I've learned about this guy, honestly, is how he will age and the fact that I feel pretty good about him doing it gracefully. Now, it's not that I was worried that I thought this guy would just fall apart, but he is staying healthy for, you know, basically going on, you know, again, we're very early in this season, so I'm not going to count it as a full healthy season, but two years now where he has not had a major injury and had to miss significant time, that part is very good, but the thing that's really solidified his ability to age gracefully to me is how he's playing. And so a few numbers to start. Uh, his usage has gone down from 22.6% to 19.7%. His assist rate has gone up from 40.9% last year to 44.6% this year. His mid-range frequency is up from 64 to 68%. And his at-the-rim rate is from is actually down from a minuscule 8% to a tiny infinitesimal 3%. So he is uh, even 
taking even fewer shots at the basket, which I think is backed up by the eye test. It is a legitimate surprise at this point when Chris Paul does that. And I think all of that in general is backed up by what we have seen. He has been a guy this year, and I think this is where that training camp, you know, the 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 fact that it's the second season together for this group is really making the biggest difference. He has focused on making his teammates better. He's taking fewer shots. He is assisting more. He's really only shooting effectively, uh, taking those mid-range shots late in games or when the defense is begging him to shoot them. And then, of course, you know, open threes. But even then, the threes, it's not like he's hunting them off of switches or really being aggressive there. He's really just taking what the defense is giving and using most of his energy to make his teammates better. And I think his defense as a result has been a little bit better. At least a little bit. You felt his impact a little bit more is what I will say. I, I still obviously worry in a matchup where the Suns feel like they need to hide him and there's maybe not a player to hide him on. Um, those are issues for maybe a different day. Golden State, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, etc. But his defensive impact has been higher. And that's the other numbers that I want to share. So the defensive box plus minus, which is basketball references number, is up from 1.3 last year to 1.6 this year. And the defense is 4.4 points better per 100 possessions for the Suns when Chris Paul is on the floor versus actually 1.8 points worse per 100 possessions last season when Chris Paul was on the floor. So, um... The impact is there, and you could argue at a higher level, despite being less of a scorer and less of a shooter. That's the final form for Chris Paul. I mean, I don't know how long he'll be in the NBA. Obviously, you know, I, I'm not saying he'll never adjust again, and this is just who he's going to be, but he has changed his game from, you know, those Clippers years to now this version of him, which is still, frankly, an all-star caliber player, a very, very high-level player playing more than 30 minutes a game for a great team, but is a very different type of guy. Wanted to run through some of the other point guards, and there's this trio that I think Chris gets compared with the most frequently, and so those are the guys that I looked at. Um... Steve Nash, of course, not only because of the Suns connection, but they are similar players. 08-09, his mid-range rate jumped up and his rim rate really collapsed. He settled into that type of groove. I think you could say that was sort of part three of his career. And then in 11-12, which was really the tail end part four of his career, his usage rate finally fell below 20% and his assist rate jumped up to an astronomical 53.1%. That was his second to last season with the Suns, and then he obviously had the two with the Lakers, but that was really his last great season. I believe he made the All-Star team that year. That was his last time, but it was in a very different form, like I'm saying with Chris Paul. That season for, for Nash was a very different type of guy. 95-96 is when I would say it really started to happen with John Stockton, mind you. This is purely just looking at the box score and kind of picking out trends and trajectories that are similar to what we're seeing with Chris Paul. I was not around to watch these guys very closely from start to finish. I was a kid for most of this. I wasn't even born for John Stockton's 95-96 season, and I'm not too proud to say that. So, uh, look, I'm not uh, I'm not trying to be the definitive expert here, but that season's when Stockton's defensive value started to fall off a little bit, and he started to rely more on the three ball as a, 
as a, a weapon for his scoring to continue. In 2008-2009, that same year that it was for Nash, we saw the same type of thing happen for Jason Kidd. His rim rate, the percentage of his shots that came at the rim fell below 20%, and his three-point rate jumped above half of his shots. His defense, though, his defensive box plus minus, actually rose in his latter years because I think the eye test backed that up. He really leaned on his defensive intensity because his athleticism and burst started to go away. So this happens for everybody. And it's it luckily, health-wise, looks like CP3 is far closer to Stockton, who never missed any games at this point in his career, than, than Nash at the same point. I think as long as CP3 can stay healthy, he's showing he can affect the game in a way that exerts less energy and commits to making everyone around him better so that he doesn't have to do as much himself and the Suns can still win games at a record rate. So that's one of the big lessons that I think we've learned here is what it's going to look like for Chris Paul to age. I want to talk about DeAndre Ayton next. The lesson being that he is this offense's missing weapon. So I know I just gave you my secret for segment number two, but that's where we'll go in just a second. First though, do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam. Not a surprise at all. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or maybe you just forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 per year when they use Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill switches it up tries to make it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. Plus, your Truebill concierge is there when you need him to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. You don't even have to pay attention and tell them what to do. They'll do it themselves if they notice that you are getting charged for something that you are not using. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's all one word. Right now, go to Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands this year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. Who doesn't love Thanksgiving? All of the good food, treats, leftovers, yummy desserts, but unfortunately also full of calories and sugar. That means the holiday season is the perfect time for a Built Bar. You can feast on something delicious and still feel good about it if you maybe replace some snacks, replace some of those leftovers with a healthy, low-calorie, low-carb, high-protein Built Bar. That is correct. Replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut bar, maybe a raspberry Built Bar instead of a raspberry rhubarb pie. Built is a great option for when you're hungry, for when you are feeling that snacking coming on, but you know you have a holiday meal or two coming in the not-too-distant future. New surprises all month, and there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday either. So mark your calendar and check back all month long at Built.com. And when you make your purchase, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. DeAndre Ayton, slow coming for his... his, what, What do we even want to call what this has been? Because it has been so short, his leveling up lately, but I also don't want to undersell it. And I I have some great numbers on DeAndre Ayton for you guys. And that's again where I want to start. Thanks for making Locked on Suns your first listen every single day. It's always fun to do these episodes between games where we can zoom out a little bit, take stock of what's going on and actually 
digest it. So that's what we'll do again here with DeAndre Ayton. The lesson again being here, number, number lesson number two, DeAndre Ayton is this offense's missing weapon. Here's why. Usage rate and assist rate both up so far this season. His rim accuracy, the field goal percentage at the rim, is up from an already insane 75% to 78%. When he's inside, he's not going to be stopped. The only thing you're going to do to stop him is, is hope that he passes up a shot, which is something, of course, we know that he sometimes does. But if he tries a layup or a dunk, it's going in, almost without a doubt. Here's where things get interesting, though. And this gets into how he's being used. Okay, so I talked about this a lot in Tuesday's episode, recapping that Spurs game, which I think was his best game of the entire season, where he was faking dribble handoffs, he's catching the ball on the short roll, all these little ways where he's taking advantage of what the defense thinks is going to happen and attacking them. That's only possible because he's being put into situations, new situations, to do that, and because his skill has developed in such a way that he actually can execute it. So, let's let's get those numbers. Last season, all of last season, remember DeAndre Ayton played most of it. 15 drives. Now, that's from NBA.com tracking stats. 15 drives to the basket all of last season across 72 games. This season, he's already at 8 through 16 games, uh, 17 games pretty good. I mean, 17 times five is about what you're looking at. So that would be him going to about 40 drives if he just maintained this pace compared to 15 all of last season. So it's not as if he is this dynamic Carl Anthony Towns type of I'm going to handle the ball all the time type of big man, but we never thought he was going to be that. To see that level of, of improvement already is very, very cool and definitely matches what we're seeing this guy start to do as he gets more comfortable. Also, almost a full elbow touch more per game so far this season versus last year. That puts Aiton in the top 12 in elbow touches per game versus number 20 in that standing last year among NBA players. And on top of that, two fewer post touches per game. Also, this is from NBA tracking stats. So, He's getting the ball more in the, on the, at the elbow to initiate offense, to do those some of that dribble handoff stuff to maybe score and look to drive. And two times fewer per game, he's getting a, a simple post touch. So the Suns are putting him in position where this system can maximize him and where he can use some of that more dynamic skill set to do some damage. Last but not least, his time of possession is lower. So what that says to me is he's been being put in some more complicated situations in the offense He is also doing more with the ball in his hands in terms of scoring and assisting. And he's doing all of that while taking less time to think and to process. So that's very, very good stuff. Of course, I know, guys, we would all like to see some of this development be way, way faster than it has been. But the development is there. The numbers show that. And the Suns' trust in him also shows up in these numbers because they're putting him into those situations. The last bit of data that I want to share with you guys in terms of the lesson from this win streak from the season so far really being that DeAndre Ayton is the missing link in this offense. And again, I'm fully switched over. Like I was the guy praising Mikael Bridges. I don't necessarily, I think it's going to be both of them, which is very, very good news that it's not like one or the other that's going to continue to develop. 
But I think what we're seeing is the things that Aiton is able to do, the ways that he's able to impact the game at this point in his career are just more are just more difficult to guard, frankly, and, and complement the skill sets of the other guys on this team better than Mikhail Bridges right now. So that's what I mean when I say Aiton is really the key. So after this slow start, he has really exploded. And, and this last number is, it's going to be a little bit, just follow me. Follow me here. So last season, NBA has this uh, scoring, uh, basically tracking scoring. So more of the tracking stats. 16.6% of Aiton's shots last season, of all of his field goal attempts, 16% of them came after one dribble. Okay. Most of his shots came after zero dribbles, right? So that's alley-oops. That's pick and roll where he's just collecting the ball and dunking it or laying it up. And so 16% after one dribble, 5.3% after two dribbles. So hardly any of his offense, just around 22% was coming off of him putting the ball on the ground effectively. So one fifth, so four fifths of his offense was him doing hardly anything to create. One fifth was him doing something. This season, 22.8, almost 23% is coming of his total shot attempts this season are coming after one dribble and 6.3% are coming after two dribbles. So that is 29, almost 30%. So up from 21 to 30% of his shots coming when he does something with the ball on the ground. That's very, very, very promising. That might be the most promising of any That and the drives are so awesome to see. We are finally seeing some of these developments come again. Maybe not as fast as some of us would want, but I I repeat, they are coming. And I don't, I think that the last thing here is when I, when you talk about my lesson being like, oh, this, this team has, you know, unlock something because of Aiton's play on the offensive end and you know this is the last piece this is the missing link all that sort of pie in the sky kind of talk I guess you could say the reason that it's true is because of how low the bar is for the Suns to actually get over a whatever hump you want to say that they're facing it's really not high they were one game away from a potential NBA championship two wins away from an NBA championship last year and they didn't get hardly anything in the way of shot creation and consistent scoring from Aiton and from Bridges in that final series. So if you get something consistent from one or both of those players, you're really talking about a higher ceiling for this team. That's why it matters, and that's why it's so exciting to see that Aiton is starting to make good on it. So the last thing I want to make the point of, the last lesson here as we close out the show, is that the Suns are a bona fide Western Conference contender. They may be the number one contender in the entire NBA. I I don't feel like that's super arguable, but yet it is still being argued. So we'll get into that in just a second. First, though, betonline.ag. It's Thanksgiving. We know all know what that means. Football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Thanksgiving is owned by football. Christmas owned by the NBA. And BetOnline is your place for all of it. Your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today. 
and receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on when you make your first deposit. Again, that's promo code locked on when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus straight to your account. And it's not just football. BetOnline has odds on pro and college hoops, the NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. So I complained all preseason long and even as recently as last week talking about how the Suns, for whatever reason, I don't know, I truly don't know, are undervalued. And that's still the case. The Suns are, I'm looking it up, Online took their championship odds down, it looks like. They were third heading into the season. And, and when we checked last week, I believe that they were somewhere in the neighborhood, that was to win the West, third. They were somewhere in the neighborhood of 12th or so to win the championship when Nick Engstadt and I looked last week on our crossover show. I truly can't comprehend this. So I'm at uh, another comp, one of those compilation books where they put all the odds together and average them out. Nets plus 260, Warriors plus 600, Bucks plus 700, Lakers plus 900, Jazz plus 1,000, Heat plus 1,200. I'm still not to the Suns. I know I'm reading them out and you're probably getting bored. It's because I'm trying to show you how many teams you have to say before you can get to the Suns. That's five. The Suns are in sixth place. They are closer. They are closer to the Clippers odds who don't have their best player, who you don't even know if Kawhi Leonard's actually even going to appear on the NBA floor this season, than they are to the Lakers who are floating around at 500. All of their stars keep being in and out of the lineup and they look horrible together. I understand that some of this, uh, the caveat as always, is based upon what actual bettors are doing. So those people are stupid if they are betting on the Lakers and making these odds inflated. I understand the argument for the Nets, the Warriors, and the Bucks. I think the Suns should be right in the mix there. I think the Nets are the sexy pick, although we don't know what, if Kyrie's ever going to play, if James Harden's ever going to look like the MVP version of himself again, if they can figure out some of their actual best lineups. But that's where the Suns should be. Instead, you have the freaking Utah Jazz, who I understand are very, very good, who, of course, we, we're now seeing them integrate Rudy Gay. We know what they're going to be in the regular season. They haven't even made it to the conference finals. The Suns just came off of a game six of an NBA final. So I don't understand why the Jazz continue to be so highly valued. And I honestly don't quite understand the heat. They are coming off being swept. I understand that they are the sexy pick right now, but they're also 11 and six. The Suns are 14 and three. So that's just, I guess, a little bit of a soapbox, but that's to say that lesson number three here is the Suns are a bona fide contender. There is no arguing it. There is no reason to deny it, to think twice about it, to, to, to even wonder if the Suns are a bona fide top dog in the NBA right now. They are, per cleaning the glass, seventh in offense, third in defense, fourth in overall net rating, behind only Golden State, Utah, and Miami. So, there's there's nothing more. The Suns are also the top defense in the NBA over the past two weeks, by the way, whereas Utah is trending in the exact opposite direction. They are middle of the pack over the past two weeks. So I am very excited to see how the Suns get tested over the next little bit because they play the Nets 
They play the Knicks, which is a, a pretty a road game against the Knicks is is nothing to you know overlook by any means. And then they have a back to back, I believe, against the Nets that Saturday, this upcoming Saturday. And then they have the Warriors on Tuesday, and then they have the Warriors again the following weekend on the road. So those four games to me, I think they have a really easy game in between. It might be the Pistons or something like that. But those four games over the next two weeks are going to be a really, really big test. And we know Golden State last year was a difficult team for the Suns to handle. We know the Nets last year were a difficult team for the Suns to handle. Golden State, because Bridges has a hard time defending Curry. I mean, everybody has a hard time defending Curry, but with how much movement he does off the ball, Bridges just gets caught up on screens and gets sort of, he just sort of gets schemed out of having an impact because he's doing so much work just to stay close to Steph. The Suns don't have a Dylan Brooks or whoever you want to list off there, a Matthew Delavadova. They don't have that type of guy. So that's always been hard. And then, you know, the Suns aren't necessarily equipped to really take advantage of when the Warriors try to go small because they don't really score the ball that way. They score from movement and everything else, which the Warriors are pretty well equipped to handle. The other Brooklyn is interesting because I actually do think Bridges is a pretty good matchup for Kevin Durant, but who guards James Harden? That's an obvious question. James Harden plus Kevin Durant plus shooting is still one of the least guardable things in the entire league. And we saw that Harden came into the Suns building last year and beat them without Kevin Durant being in the lineup. So, you know, those two teams are going to be really difficult for the Suns defense to keep up with. And it's going to be putting more pressure, I think, on Devin Booker to continue to be a multi-level scorer, a real true go-to top tier option and for Aiton and Bridges to expand their offensive game and be a genuine weapon, be a team, be a player that the opposite team has to really respect. So I'm pumped. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing how they fare in this road trip next week in the home game against the Warriors, which I'm, I really like, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving, but I'm not going to lie to you guys. Pretty much more looking forward to getting to that game on Tuesday night next week to see what the Suns can do. So enjoy your Wednesday, guys. I will have one more episode for you this week on Thursday. Well, it'll go up late Wednesday night recapping Suns Cavs. That's at 5 o'clock Arizona time tonight when most of you are hearing this on Wednesday. And that'll be it for me for the week, taking Thanksgiving off, not recording a show for Friday. And then we will be back Monday to talk about the doubleheader in New York City. So that's the schedule. That is what we have to look forward to. And of course, how this win streak continues to proceed. I will talk to you guys soon. Until then, fingers crossed.